0: You're listening to Mimble of the Harry Potter podcast. I'm Aishwarya. I'm Prashantini. And this is season 2, episode 7 Ron's Friend is Petrified. Let's start with the summary.
1: It takes more than a month in the
0: hospital wing for Hermione to lose the viscous fur and tail
1: she got by drinking the Polyjuice potion. Now that the trio knows that Malfoy is not the heir of Slytherin, they are clueless as to who might be behind the attacks. Meanwhile, Harry finds a 50-year-old empty diary belonging to someone called T.M. Riddle someone had tried to dispose of in Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. Since the Chamber of Secrets was also opened 50 years ago and since Riddle had received an award for special services to the school, Harry thinks that the diary might be hiding some secrets. He understands how to work it on Valentine's Day when a Lockhart-appointed Cupid tears open his bag in front of first years in an attempt to deliver a musical valentine. When he communicates through the diary, T.M. Riddle or Tom Riddle shows Harry his memory of capturing Hagrid. Still recovering from the shock of finding out that it was Hagrid who was expelled for opening the Chamber of Secrets, Harry finds that someone stole the diary from his dom. The very next day, Harry hears the same old disembodied voice again, but this time two people are petrified, a girl from Ravenclaw and Harry and Ron's friend, Hermione.
0: Well, in a departure from Norm, I am not going to comment about how so many things happened (laughs) in these two chapters that we've read.
1: (laughs) It is true though.
0: (laughs) Technically, we are only covering about one and a half chapters in this episode, The Very Secret Diary and a little bit of Cornelius Fudge. But a lot of things are happening. We're speeding up. Yeah, I think
1: because the end of the book is so close, a lot of loose ties are beginning to get cleared up. It makes it really exciting. The chapter, The Very Secret Diary, opens in the hospital wing where Madame Pomfrey is tending to Hermione who has turned into a cat because of her disastrous attempt at turning into Millicent Bulstrode. I was really amazed by how talented Madame Pomfrey is. We have seen her for two years now and she's been able to cure everything that the students have gone to her with like including dragon bite and uh, Harry's many Quidditch accidents injuries. and injuries. And so far, we haven't been introduced to a concept of doctors or nurses in the magical world. But she is a really talented nurse. For once, we have a really competent person doing their job properly at Hogwarts.
0: It also reminded me of Enid Plyton's boarding school books. Because even in that, every time someone falls sick, right? they talk about hospital matron and she's always like super competent they never make mistakes they're always kind those books and these particular first two books are written for children specifically that it's also the way that children look at the world right a lot of children don't realize until they become teenagers or adults that the human body is a giant mystery and there are so many things that people don't know about it and that medicine is not as evolved as we like to think it is. There is no panacea and there are a lot of ailments and illnesses for which people don't know what to do with. But when you're a kid, for most children, it's like a magical solution. You go to the doctor, things get solved. And doctors seem nice because your parents take you to like pediatricians and pediatricians generally are nice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think the reverse is true because a lot of children hate going to the doctor. Even when they know that uh, things will be okay once they go to them because of the injection and stuff. You're right in saying that when you are a child, you think that every problem can be solved by an adult. But it feels like in this case, Madam Pomfrey seems like she can solve everything. Vidage injuries can be something that has been happening to children for a long time. But a dragon bite or a polyjuice potion disaster is not something that that's going to happen every year. Yes, she is competent enough to manage that. Fair enough. And... Someone losing all their bones and their arm.
0: Yeah. I the that doesn't like, come up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was rather nice of Lockhart to give Hermione a card because he's very self-centered. Even though the card is mostly about him, hmm. right? like it lists all of his many titles, winner of which weekly's most charming, smile and all that. He still gave her a card, which means he thought about her, knew she wasn't ill, came and gave the card to her. Even I was surprised by it. Maybe he's able to see clearly that Hermione is going to matter
1: in the future and it makes sense to be on their side. The Lockhart that we know is not capable of seeing anything but himself but he's making an exception to a student and that student is not Harry Potter. So definitely I think that he's trying to get something from her by showing her some kind of affection. Not in a very malicious sense but more like sowing the seeds for the future. Yeah, he's just hedging his bets. Ron is more revolted by Scott's card and he's like,
2: You sleep with this under your pillow?
1: Even when they're out of the hospital wing, he's still on it. He's like,
2: Is Lockhart the smarmiest bloke you've ever met or what?
1: I feel like I'm seeing a little bit of jealousy. (laughs) (laughs) Hermione has never expressed romantic interest in any sort of a person, has never had a crush. And Ron, looking at her behaving in a different way, I think Ron maybe expected higher standards from Hermione. <laughs> so as soon as they come out, they hear Filch screaming again.
2: Even more work for me. Mopping all night like I haven't got enough to do. No, this is the final straw. I'm going to Dumbledore.
1: Filch is again complaining about the work he supposedly has to do and something he is there for, right? He is the person who has to mop the floors. What is the point of yelling?
0: No, it's just really painful. And uh, he's not mopping the floor because it rained or a pipe broke or something like that. He's mopping the floor because a ghost who should not be able to physically touch anything has caused her toilet to flood. And he has to like sit and clean up after her.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Even I feel for him,
1: yes. Mm -hmm. I was just leading up to the And she probably does this very frequently also. I was... Thinking about why Dumbledore had things like Peeves and Morning Myrtle around, right? They had character to the castle. <laughs> there has to be some more reason, or maybe he doesn't take Filch's complaints seriously. Does Dumbledore not see it as a big enough problem to be solved? Or does Dumbledore not want to send out Morning Mortal based on humanitarian reasons? Or maybe because she knows some secrets? Who knows?
0: Can Morning Myrtle leave the bathroom? She goes to the death day party, but can she, I think she can. physically yeah, yeah. leave Hogwarts? Like can she drift out of Hogwarts? Can she go anywhere she wants in the world?
1: Actually, there is a clue we get in the end of this book which shows that she can leave Hogwarts. I talk about it when it comes. Mm. But I think they all can leave Hogwarts. They just choose not to. Yeah. Where else will they go? And moreover, I think the prospect of moving mourning Myrtle <laughs> is daunting for anybody. She doesn't mourn in silence, right? She and I think a I would scene. be
0: even more annoyed if I were a girl because that's one girl's bathroom out of use. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. When I was looking up possible explanations for why peeves and mooring model are still in Hogwarts, I also stumbled upon an interesting Reddit thread about why Filch is still in Hogwarts. I know we discussed some possible reasons why Filch is around in episode 4 of season 2 in the podcast But there was one more interesting fact that we left out at that point. We thought that maybe living as a muggle is not as easy or as appealing to Filch as anything else. But I think one thing we did not discuss is that maybe Filch applied for this job and he was the only one who was capable of doing it as well as he's already doing it. There's this user called Prancing Unicorn on Reddit. They made a really interesting point that I've never thought about before. I'll just read an extract of their point. I thought of Filch more as a low-level executive or something. He monitors the cleaning, oversees day-to-day finances of things like the kitchen and other general school supplies and maybe had some small role in official Hogwarts communications with outside institutes. I have no memory of a Hogwarts administrative office being mentioned so I guess I mentally assigned most of those tasks to Filch aside from those that other teachers or Dumbledore would have taken on. He had an office and a large filing cabinet of banned items, etc. I saw him as pretty important, but that he was presented as a fairly inconsequential character because for the most part, we see him through the eyes of Harry, who would think of him as a grumpy old cleaner. I think a lot of characters in the series suffer reduction by Harry, being reduced to stereotypes or vague facts, despite being complicated emotional people, because Harry doesn't know them well enough to speak deeply about them.
0: Oh, that's an interesting idea.
1: Obviously, this is not in the canon. This is all imagination. They are right. There has to be an administrative office for an institution like Hogwarts. I never thought of Filch as someone who was administering things because most of the time he is complaining about doing the work himself. Or maybe he does both. He administers people and like the official work and all that. And due to his passion, he does the work himself. I don't know. We don't get a really clear explanation of Filch's role in this book ever but whatever this user Prancing Unicorn is saying about being reduced to a two-dimensional character by Harry is true. That's the case with any literature. There are like the first level of characters who are really fleshed out and we see them as who they are. There are always second level characters who are stereotyped. So I think Reducing filch to someone who's just mean to students because he's a a squib and because he's around students who can do magic might be a fallacy. Maybe he was a pleasant person when he was younger or maybe the students are really, really that bad.
0: So they go into the bathroom to like figure out why morning mortal is making such a mess, right? And then they find out that it's because someone threw a diary at her <laughs> and for once harry is the insensitive one i think he
1: stole words right out of ron's mouth when he said
2: but it can't hurt you if someone throws something at you said harry reasonably i mean it'd just go right through you wouldn't it
0: i know harry was really insensitive in that moment but i also find myrtle to be too dramatic moany. she's sitting in the u-bend thinking about death Well, it gets <laughs> old after a while seriously <laughs> She wants attention and I guess this is the only
1: way she knows how to get it. As a human person, getting attention is hard enough. But to be a ghost and to be literally something of no consequence, her efforts to get attention is really like she's winning in it. She's winning only Filch's
0: attention. Harry and Ron are also talking to her now. <laughs> I guess. So Harry is about to pick up this diary when Ron again acts in what I thought is a very sensible
2: manner are you crazy said ron it could be dangerous
0: and harry as usual ignores him (laughs) and goes ahead and picks it up and we discover that it's actually like a 50 year old diary that belongs to someone named tm riddle and was bought in london and harry theorizes that it probably means it belonged to a muggle-born wizard except the diary is empty there's like nothing inside it neither of them actually stopped to think why they would find the unused diary of someone who went to Hogwarts 50 years ago in the girl's bathroom Mm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the U-Bend is inside a toilet, right? Yeah. So someone actually opened a door and threw it inside a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> why would you touch it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> because no one's been using the bathroom for a long, long time. Which means someone really, really wanted to get rid of this so-called empty notebook. I think that's the main reason why Harry's curious about the diary. Like even if it's empty and it's just a diary, Harry can't let go of it because someone tried to get, rid of, get it. rid of it. Ron's irrational fear <laughs> before Harry pocketed the diary about books being really dangerous. like
2: Some of the books the ministries confiscated, dad's told me there was one that burned your eyes out. And everyone who read sonnets of a sorcerer spoke in limericks for the rest of their lives. And some old witch in Bath had a book that you could never stop reading. You just had to wander around with your nose in it, trying to do everything one-handed.
1: It's just seeing his reaction, I thought the magical community must just be leading a life of fear. And If something as normal as a book can be
0: cursed, then anything can be cursed. I think Ron might be a little bit more careful about these things rather than anyone else because his dad works in the misuse of Muggle Artifacts hmm. office and he's probably seen the whole range of things that can be cursed. <laughs> yeah. I think the average wizard wouldn't be half as cautious as Ron. And it's not like we've ever seen them pick off stuff from places that they don't trust before. Yes. It's
1: a tiny little thing Mm -hmm. and I think it is of no consequence, whatever he's saying. It's not like we encounter a book that you can never stop reading later on or something. But just sowing the seed that that book might be dangerous was a good move by the author. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm still amazed that neither of them think it's unusual to find the diary of someone who went to school 50 years before they did. It looks completely empty. And the recurring theme of 50 years keeps like happening. Like hmm. Malfoy mentions 50 years, they find a diary that's 50 years old.
1: Yeah, that is the reason
0: that Harry wants to figure out what is going on with the diary. They could be getting played, but they're not even stopping to think that all of these things are happening coincidentally. Like, anybody who followed Harry and Ron for the better part of the school year could have tailed them to the girls' bathroom and realized that they actually spend time there. right? Like, they keep going in there, right? They could clearly be baiting Harry and Ron with the diary. But they don't stop to think that that could be a possibility. Yeah, but... Harry the just The only asks. person
1: who can possibly bait these two is Malfoy. And Malfoy is definitely not that smart. Yeah, that'd be no of no. Yeah. So, Harry automatically assumes that this T.M. Riddle person must be a guy. Interestingly, after they find out that Malfoy is not the heir of Slytherin, in Harry's mind, now the heir can be either a girl or a guy. But when it comes to T.M. Riddle, he thinks it's a guy. I don't know why Harry jumped to that conclusion. Actually, I think Harmonia also
0: did the same thing. Yeah, I'm not certain either because neither the shield in the trophy room nor the diary give any indication that it could be a guy or a girl yeah and it's not like it's modern times where you know diaries for women for some reason are decorated in pink <laughs> modern or times yeah have you seen so many notebooks that are targeted at women i'm using air quotes here <laughs> that have like unicorns and horses and lots of some of us just want a plain black notebook <laughs> <laughs> i haven't been stationary too shopping many diaries yeah so Harry is like obsessed with it. He's taken to like carrying it around with him and just examining it in the hopes that something will happen. Like maybe if I were holding it in this particular light <laughs> at night under candlelight. <laughs> I think Harry should have cracked the way to work the
1: diary long before all this because when he picks the diary, he realizes that everything in the bathroom was wet but the diary is not. I think it was a missed opportunity. If he had just mentioned that to Hermione, <laughs> I think she would have cracked it for him. I agree. Ron is the only person who's not really interested by this diary I think that just looking at the name Riddle
0: was giving him PTSD (laughs) also because Ron is really smart and he knows that this is a very unusual notebook unusual in the sense that it's old it doesn't act like notebooks are supposed to act (laughs) which means there is some kind of enchantment related to it so he's wary of it whereas Harry is honestly in this particular chapter Harry is really dumb (laughs) I don't think Ron is wary
1: of it, actually. Ron thinks that the diary is of no consequence. He thinks that Tom Riddle probably got the special services award for being like a know-it-all topper. (laughs) And Hermione is offended by that because Ron says it as if it's a bad thing. Yeah. But Ron also thinks that there could be so many reasons why Riddle might have won the award. He's very flippant about the diary and the person. Looks like the mandrakes are maturing in the appropriate amount of time. As children, they were bawling and they were very irritable. But now they have become moody and secretive. Except I don't know how you can be more secretive. You live under the ground.
0: Yeah. No, I read an interesting thing that the mandrakes are behaving like humans. Like they were yeah. crying babies. Then they became moody and secretive. And Professor Sprout mentions that their acne should clear up. Then they'll try to throw parties and move into each other's spots. Yeah. <laughs> they are behaving exactly like humans. Which
1: makes the prospect of chopping them up and making a stew out of them all the more terrifying. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> After Harry pockets the diary, actually the attacks stop. And Locker thinks that he personally stopped all these attacks, and he's like,
2: I don't think there'll be any more trouble, Minerva, he said, tapping his nose knowingly and winking. I think the chamber has been locked for good this time. The culprit must have known it was only a matter of time before I caught him. Rather sensible to stop now before I came down hard on him. You know, what the school needs now is a morale booster. Wash away the memories of last term. I won't say any more just now, but I think I know just the thing.
1: And he arranges for a Valentine's
0: Day something. (laughs) The description of the teacher's faces during Lockhart's announcement is amazing.
2: From where he sat, Harry could see a muscle going in Professor McGonagall's cheek. Snape looked as though someone had just fed him a large beaker of Skelligro.
1: Yeah, I found the chapter really, really enjoyable because of these antics. Ron is sickened by all the pink decorations around him. He can't (laughs) even talk to Harry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the only thing he says to Hermione is, please tell me you weren't one of 46 who sent Lockhart cards. (laughs) (laughs)
1: But I thought Valentine's Day was a big thing in the West, Mm
0: -hmm. in schools too, like based on the many high school movies. I think the holiday card industry has also infiltrated Hollywood. So (laughs) High school movies tend to play it up a little bit more than what it really is like, I think. It's not just a card thing, but it's not frowned upon, like it's not like India, right? Oh, that's true. It's not frowned upon like India, but I don't think they are appreciative of efforts like the length to which Lockhart goes to like hiring dwarves to go around delivering singing valentines no matter where the subjects are like if they're in class it's just disrupting your class and can you imagine he asked them to ask Snape how to brew a love potion (laughs) we haven't discussed love portions because they haven't come up in the book so far but we know in the future that love portions are actually really dangerous (laughs) In that they take away someone's will and that's what lockhart is encouraging them to do well it's lockhart what do you expect and i like the description of snape when car said.
2: snape was looking as though the first person to ask him for a love potion would be force-fed poison
0: actually the most appropriate punishment would have been to force-feed the love potion to them yeah we don't know so much about the
1: potion right oh. now. yeah As usual, something happens in the school and it invariably concerns
0: Harry in some way or the other. And as something that's happening in the school, engineered by Lockhart, of course, Harry ends up in some uncomfortable position (laughs) where a lot of people are around and it's embarrassing. Like, of course, Harry's valentine is delivered in the most humiliating fashion possible Mm -hmm. in front of Malfoy. (laughs) In front of a lot of first years. Mm
1: such a terrible rhyme also. Yeah. I found the whole thing really funny and enjoyable. When Harry realizes that he's going to receive a musical valentine, he wants to evaporate on the spot. Yes. (laughs) Harry tries to run away, but the Cupid basically makes Harry stay by holding onto his bag, like tearing it apart and all his books fall down. And then Harry falls down (laughs) and the Cupid sits on Harry's ankles and delivers him the valentines.
2: His eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad. His hair is as dark as a blackboard. I wish he were mine. He's really divine. The hero who conquered the Dark Lord.
0: The song was amazing. When I think of green, I only
1: think about freshly pickled toad. That is disgusting. And also sounds like a band name at the same time.
0: Oh. Freshly Pickled (laughs) Toad.
1: (laughs) I thought maybe there would be some band, but this time the internet disappointed me. Maybe
0: we should rename our podcast to that. Freshly Pickled Toad, the Harry Potter podcast. I don't want to be disgusted by my own
1: podcast. (laughs) The ensuing awkwardness and the conversation with Malfoy leads to Malfoy insulting Ginny. I didn't understand how Malfoy knew that Ginny Mm -hmm. had been infatuated with Harry is Ginny so obvious that everybody knew or is Malfoy so obsessed over Harry that he knew everything about him I think it's a little bit of both it looks like Ginny sent the valentine to Harry and I wonder why she did that in this musical fashion
0: do you think Ginny sent that valentine or do you think Malfoy sent Harry that valentine to embarrass him with this terrible poem attached as well (laughs) no other than the
1: freshly pickled toad part everything else is actually nice I think Malfoy would rather say mean things to his face directly than say nice things behind his back.
0: It's two birds, one stone. He gets to embarrass Ginny and Harry, and if he's really lucky, it will create a fight between Ron and Harry, and he gets more misery to laugh at.
1: Actually, I don't think his end goal is to split them up. He wants all of them to go to hell. <laughs> but the main reason why Malfoy insults Ginny is because Malfoy finds the diary. Mm. And he thinks it's Harry's diary and like starts to open it. And Harry uses magic to get the diary back. And Percy who's right there says that he has to report it. But that's all. Harry doesn't face any other consequence. And the Malfoy we know would have retorted in some way. But he doesn't. He just walks away. He insults Ginny. But it's really suspicious that he doesn't use magic to defend himself. Even in the dueling club, we saw that he can do magic. But this non-reaction was really surprising.
0: Thanks to the Cupid's antics, Harry realizes how to work the diary. Even though the rest of the things in the bag are drenched in scarlet ink, the diary is not. The way the diary works is really interesting. It takes the ink from, or I am assuming
1: that it takes the ink from whatever Harry is writing and says something back using that ink. It's like someone invisible is actually writing in the diary as a response to whatever you're asking them. Yes. Like it's having a conversation with you. When Harry starts having the conversation, the first thing that Triddle talks about is the terrible events that happened in the school 50 years ago. It's almost as if the diary knew what Harry was going to ask.
0: This is exactly why I referred to Harry as dumb a few minutes ago because... He is clearly being led on a path. He's being fed info that is pushing him down a particular line of thinking. But he doesn't stop to question whether he's being manipulated or not. He's just like, oh, diary, you want to tell me what happened 50 years ago? Yes, I will believe you. You must be right. Because yeah. you say you are. Harry
1: doesn't trust anybody enough to reveal any adult enough to reveal information. Mm-hmm. But he trusts them all enough to accept whatever they are saying as truth. That's true. So the diary basically agrees to take Harry back in time. I know that the third book is the time traveling book, but this is also kind of like time travel, right? I think it's going
0: into a memory. It is going into a memory, but you're going back in time. It's not, actually not time travel, because in book 3, the time travel allows them to influence events that happened. Whereas in this one, Harry tries to interact with his surroundings. When he arrives in the headmaster's office, there is someone there who is not Dumbledore. He tries to get his attention to see if he can talk to him and like leave the room, try to figure out where he is. But he can't. No one can actually see him there. Not even the person who brought him into the memory, Tom Riddle. He can't, but... The thing to note here is, I think Harry
1: was free to move around the castle. Even though that at that point, that is not in Riddle's memory. Harry doesn't actually move around the castle, but the fact that... He
0: was in the room even he
1: before Riddle yeah, came. Fair
0: enough. Which is what makes it even more suspicious, right? It's like a movie that Harry suddenly joined. But he's not like wondering what happened before it. Or he's not wondering how this is possible. Like, what is he seeing? I think one way in which that could have happened is if... if Riddle had been waiting outside of
1: Depet's office, maybe looking in through the keyhole or something, yes. but I find it really strange to believe it.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think this is a different kind of time travel, though it's not
0: mentioned, because he can move around. But because he can't influence anything, I don't want to label it as time traveling. Okay.
1: So we see Harry looking at coming in and having a conversation with Dippet.
2: My dear boy, you must see how foolish it would be of me to allow you to remain at the castle when term ends, particularly in light of the recent tragedy, the death of that poor
1: little girl. Dippet also reveals that if the attacker is caught, then nobody has needs to go home. The school will remain open. Maybe I'm like reading too much into it, but I think that Harry is identifying with Tom Riddle in a lot of places here. He would obviously identify with Tom when he reveals that he's from an orphanage and that he doesn't have parents. Even in the little things, for example, Harry notices that Riddle has jet black hair just like him. Harry also thinks that the way Tom Riddle spoke to Dippet and refused to reveal some kind of information is similar to the way he hid information from Tom So I think, in a way, Harry trusts Riddle so much that he thinks that Riddle is like him from the past. Maybe in a way, he thinks that Riddle might be his
0: father. What? Harry's last name is Potter and it's not Riddle? Last names can change. And what about Harry looks exactly like his father except for his mother's eyes?
1: He observes that the hair is similar, no?
0: Hair is only similar. Because he he makes
1: some physical makes a comparison of their physical attributes. He says that he was taller than Harry. Like, that was not necessary. He was a 16-year-old boy. He could have ended with that. But he compares that person to himself. Him thinking that maybe he was his father is absurd. You always spin a story to fill the gaps in your mind. And I think this is one of those situations.
0: For us, it's absurd. Mm. For Harry, maybe it's not. I can sort of see where Harry might think about something like that. But he doesn't actually get enough time to dwell on it because the minute Tom Riddle, like, leaves the office, he runs into Dumbledore. Yeah. A very young Dumbledore, which is also starting to make me wonder, how old is Dumbledore, actually? 50 years ago, he looked like a middle-aged man. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They specifically mentioned that Dumbledore gave Riddle, like, a penetrating stare. You're always, like, wondering if... J.K. Rowling is alluding to something else and a lot of people think that she's usually alluding to whether he's trying to read people's minds or at least skim like Mm -hmm. surface of thoughts to like pick up things Mm -hmm. which is what maybe he was trying to do in the office with Harry and at this point with Tom Riddle except he doesn't get anything from Tom Riddle I think which is why he just says go back. I think that's what we're supposed
1: to understand from it. The Dumbledore is a person who can just observe you and figure out What's going on in your mind? And in some cases, we also get to know that Snape
0: has that ability to double do. Yeah. I don't think they mention this in the book, but in the movies, they clearly distinguish the different houses by having students wear house colors. Students who belong to Gryffindor wear red and gold ties. They have a patch on their robes of the lion. They have scarves in those particular colors. In fact, in the movie, when Harry jumps into the memory, he's wearing a red sweater. Which could have been a Weasley sweater also, I guess. In the memory, we can clearly see in the movie that Tom Riddle belongs to Slytherin. Even though we spend most of this book hearing about how Slytherins are to be trusted and heir of Slytherin, heir of Slytherin, heir of Slytherin, <laughs> he's ready to actually believe Riddle beyond that. He never like stops to wonder, like, hey, wait a second, he's Slytherin. <laughs> Should I double check this information that he's providing me? I think in the book,
1: Harry doesn't know what house he belongs to and In the description itself, all we get to see is that Riddle is wearing a prefix badge. Harry just trusts him because he looks like someone who is well respected as a student. And one more thing, even apart from all this, I think the amount of research that these three usually put in for anybody or for any information they want to find out is a lot, right? But for Riddle, they actually don't find anything. I think in one of their researches, they find that Riddle was a prefect before, even before this memory started. And that's when Ron makes the comment about him being a no-doll. Mm. It must be really surprising that someone who got a special services award and then also is connected to something like this is not a bigger part of the past. Yeah. And that itself should have made them suspicious of this guy. Yes, I agree. But I do think that the reason the house information was left out right now is to maybe make it a even more dramatic when the diary is stolen. I don't know how exactly they were trying to work it out, but maybe they were trying
0: to make it look like Riddle was the one who stole it. But he was in the school 50 years before. That's what we know. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's a teacher. Yeah, he could be anybody. He could be anyone. That's true. Maybe he's Filch. Filch could have changed his name. <laughs>
1: It's mystery 101 changing identity. Fair enough. just <laughs> <laughs> saying that I think maybe the house information was held back on purpose. I think it's held back on purpose not for Harry but for us. If he was wearing Slytherin colors, we would jump to conclusions. The author is trying to make sure that we look at it
0: objectively as Harry sees it. The movie put itself in a tough spot by having students wear house colors. <laughs> <laughs> But then, they do their best to show that it's an old memory though by having it in black and white so you're not exactly certain. No, it's not in black and white. It's just in dull tones.
1: Yeah. Though, honestly, I think the second book, the whole movie is in a dull tone. Yeah, it's true. It's a very dark, <laughs> literally dark movie. Yeah. So, the main reason we're discussing all this is that Riddle reveals to Harry that Hagrid was the person who opened the Chamber of Secrets. Hagrid,
0: who's Harry's friend and trustworthy person. It's just Riddle never mentions how he knew where to wait, or how he knew it was Hagrid, or anything about Mm, the monster, there's a lot of questions that he doesn't answer, I mean, how can, a giant spider is still a spider, (laughs) how can it petrify people, maybe it's a mutant spider, we don't know that, it's just Harry doesn't ask any of those questions with respect to what do we do now, like he doesn't say, so you got rid of the spider then, but how can I use that information now, how do I get rid of the spider now, like, Do I go look for Hagrid? He mentions that the room that Riddle waits in is the dungeon that he takes potions in now with Snape. Should I go look in that particular dungeon? (laughs) Is there like a spell? He doesn't think about how can I go stop this monster right now. He's just stunned by the fact that it's Hagrid. Someone he knows really well. Kind of fits in because Hagrid is also expelled. Yes. I'm surprised that he doesn't take a moment to
1: think about why Hagrid is still around. Why Dumbledore keeps Hagrid around if he was expelled
0: for that reason? Also, by the timeline, if Hagrid was a 16 year old, then Hagrid is literally like 66 years old? No, Hagrid was a 13 year old. Still? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's
1: really old. Sprightly 63
0: year old. <laughs> I guess wizards and witches can live for a long. I think uh, one reason to actually believe that Hagrid might be behind it is what these three discuss. That Hagrid wouldn't think about the dangerous impact of setting a monster loose in the castle. But he would just be like, oh, there's a monster. We must go take it for a walk or something like that. Yeah, they are convinced that he wouldn't do it on purpose. Because we see him be reckless in the previous book itself, like with the dragon. So it adds up to some
1: of the things that they already were thinking about Hagrid when Riddle says monsters don't make good pets it's something that these three already think about and probably mentioned to Hagrid too Yeah. so it's easy for them to believe that Hagrid might have done it but not on purpose but even so I think the awkwardness of having to confront Hagrid should not be a big deal compared to what's actually happening in the school didn't they learn their lesson last year when Neville got ten points for standing up to friends.
0: No, apparently not. But also, enough time has passed between attacks that they think that maybe it's over. They're not thinking about why would Hagrid suddenly bring back the monster right then in that particular yeah. year. For a long time, the diary is actually with Harry, and there are no attacks, so
1: they do think that it's all over now. So they don't confront Hagrid. They don't think about the next steps. Hermione does raise some suspicion in the story. She says that maybe.
2: Riddle might have got the wrong person, said Hermione. Maybe it was some other monster that was attacking people.
1: But well, even then, since the behavior
0: is very in character for Hagrid, they let it slide. I also think that they let it slide because Riddle specifically mentions that the person who opened the chamber was expelled, but never imprisoned. Yeah. So there's a lot of room there. But in
1: any case, one student actually died the last time the chamber was opened.
0: And then closed by Tom Riddle, apparently. In the middle of all these shocking plot developments, they end up having to do something really, really mundane. Pick classes for their next year, where a lot of amusing things happen. Neville gets a lot of confusing advice from his relatives, which I related with a lot. (laughs) But yeah, I think the author is
1: trying to sow the seeds for the next book. I'm surprised by the amount of the chapter dedicated to this because for well, the previous book we get no time in laying out the um, plot points for this chapter right yeah next book yeah, yeah Yeah, but in this one we go a little bit into detail about the kind of the kind of subjects there are and how Hermione signs up for everything without listening to anybody and Harry and Ron sign up for the same stuff because at least if they are bad at it they are they'll have
0: each other it's just Harry also gets lousy career advice from Percy <laughs> Why does Percy suggest muggle studies to Harry? Harry lives with muggles. (laughs) And why would Percy suggest divination? From what we see of Percy, yes, he's very pompous. But he also seems like someone who wouldn't set much stock with an art form like divination. So the thing is, I think Percy was actually giving sound advice to harry
1: because he says you should play to your strengths he is not passing on his judgment he's like if you are the kind of person who wants to do this then you have to do this he has clearly thought about his career long enough to know that different things appeal to different people i think he was the only sensible person to give harry an advice but as usual since it's coming from percy it's ignored and harry just follows ron's But I also really
0: sympathize with Harry Because when he tries to figure out what his strengths are The only thing he can think about is that He wants to play more Quidditch Yeah, it's really hard to figure out What
1: your strengths are, what your passions are You know what you're not good at Mm -hmm. To accept to yourself that you're good at at something is hard I'm also a little offended because Hermione is in all those classes I know Him saying that uh, he'll at least have a friend in those classes with him About Ron Was very insulting yes
0: (laughs) she should not share her homework with them next year yeah so then they find out that the diary is stolen
1: in a very dramatic fashion someone came into Harry's dorm and like
0: ripped his sheets pages Uh, from his books someone went to a lot of trouble to make it look like a robbery and not something very specific has been stolen like maybe they were in a hurry yeah but okay, I'm looking for a notebook. Would I think it is within pages of another book? No, oh, it's like—is this the notebook? Okay, I yes, it could possibly pages. be Gilroy Lockhart's book, *Travels with <laughs> Rhodes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it clearly looks like someone came in search of something and found it because
0: Harry sees that his diary is stolen, and they realize that the diary could have only been stolen by someone who has password to Gryffindor Tower. Yeah, which means either that the Aerosuddin must be in Gryffindor or has an accomplice that is in Gryffindor. Yeah. Which helps us like really narrow down our suspect list from what it was previously. I mean... To zero. No, let's just to look no back... one. Let's just look back at uh, J.K. Rowling's suspect list, right? That she set, spent time setting up. Like Filch. Hmm. Does he have passwords to student common rooms? We're not certain. Could be. Could be. Like he might have like some kind of master password. That lets him in. What if there is someone spills water? And, and one more thing to notice this person has not searched with magic. Yes, very important point <laughs> to note. Yeah. So Filch is still very strong on the suspect list. Yeah. Malfoy not so much because he doesn't know the password to the Gryffindor Tower. And he himself accepted that he's not the heir of Heir Slytherin. of Slytherin. It also he be. would need to like brew Juice potion to look like someone to come into <laughs> Gryffindor Tower and then like run magically search Harry's belongings <laughs> to take the notebook. But again, We
1: cannot assume that the heir of Slytherin stole... Yeah, it could be an accomplice. It could be literally literally anyone. It could be someone who is completely unrelated to the whole Chamber of
0: Secrets business. And it's just coveting a random notebook that Harry has. Maybe it's a collector. Okay. (laughs) Obsessed fan is suspect number three. (laughs) And suspect number four
1: is Hagrid. Hagrid could could have stolen because the diary carries really important,
0: dangerous information about Hagrid. Okay. Okay. Hagrid is suspect number four and suspect number five is Snape. Snape is always a suspect. <laughs> <laughs> Snape is a teacher who could possibly have the password to Gryffindor tower because he's a head of a house and there might yeah. be situations where heads of other houses might have to come in. So Snape is still a suspect but I think if Snape ever stepped into Gryffindor tower everybody would know about it. <laughs> so I'm gonna like leave Snape out of the suspect list. Also he would do a much better job at like searching or making it look like it wasn't being searched if you didn't want harry to know that something had been stolen you would try your best to put everything back to normal right but this person clearly didn't bother yeah which means they were in a hurry and they knew they might get caught yeah and another person we can suspect another teacher's lockhart because he's a new character (laughs) (laughs) no the next suspect should clearly be percy who's been lurking around in a lot of places percy knew that they were in the girl's toilet
1: Huh? Very interesting. We saw Percy in come Gryffindor. out of the Slytherin common room, or like near the Slytherin yeah. common room when these guys drank the
0: Polyjuice Potion. Yeah. And he's all about power. Yes. He was reading a book. Remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, actually, yeah, I think Percy is the most suspicious of the lot. Yes. So I think we discussed more about who stole the book compared to the person whose book was stolen. <laughs> I think they just come
0: to the conclusion about how a Gryffindor could have only stolen it and then that's it. I would also like to mention that just before the discussion, when Harry and Ron come down to report this to Hermione, she's reading a book called Ancient Runes Made Easy. Hmm. Ancient Runes is one of the subjects she signed up for for the next year. Yeah, she's curious. Hermione is reading ahead for the next year. I would do that. No, I actually won't do that.
1: (laughs) But I would like to be the person who would do that. Yes. (laughs) So this time, the next match of the season is Gryffindor versus Hufflepuff. And Harry is fairly confident that they'll breeze through the match and reach the finals and finally get the Quidditch Cup. They've been practicing for a long time for this. And on the day of the match, Harry is slightly nervous. And it's exacerbated times 100 when he hears the same disembodied voice again. Except this time it actually says,
0: But it's just when Harry mentions that he can hear this voice again, Hermione goes tearing off, yeah, saying that she... she has to go to the library, which gives rise to one of my favoritest lines about Hermione, when in doubt to go to the library. <laughs> <laughs> but Harry doesn't actually tell anybody still about the voice, right? His mistrust of authority has gotten so deep that even though he can hear it before the Quidditch match, he doesn't think that he should go and tell a person saying that, you know what, this time it's saying kill, that we should be on alert or something like that. He just goes to the Quidditch match.
1: Which is very surprising because he actually says to himself, at least no one will be in the castle. You just saw your friend run back into the castle. <laughs> yes.
0: What and what I'm disappointed the... in you, Harry. And also, does everybody attend every Quidditch match? I know that there are few ent- entertainments in Hogwarts, but if you weren't interested in Quidditch, I imagine that if Hermione weren't friends with Harry, she wouldn't really attend the Quidditch matches because she doesn't seem very interested in flying or sports. That's true. Or in this particular sport at least. But I think maybe Harry thinks
1: that it would not lead to something serious because he doesn't really hear the voice when Colin Creevy is attacked or Justin Finchfletch is attacked. Maybe he only heard it twice. Once in Lockhart's room and once when the cat is attacked. Fair enough. Maybe that was the reason. He does make the connection. They go to the match and the match is cancelled because something terrible had happened. Conagal thinks Harry should come with her and Harry is surprised by that because whatever had happened, he had been nowhere near it. (laughs) (laughs) He couldn't possibly be the suspect this time. But turns out it's because Hermione is petrified. I was really shocked to read this the first time I read it. Yeah, giant plot twist. (laughs) Hermione! (laughs) Yeah mainly because she hasn't taken a larger role in the series Mm. in this whole i mean in this book right from the beginning she's always been in the background giving ideas it's harry and ron who are taking the lead this time compared to the first book and suddenly something this bad happens to her it feels like she has been up to something but we were not the audience like we didn't get to read more about what she has been up to and to think that a Gryffindor supposedly stole the diary and the very next day that this happens makes it look like the motives are even more sinister than what we already think it is.
0: I think it also goes to add on to your theory that Tom Riddle might actually be someone in the castle who is not a student because Hermione is petrified when the students are at a match. And we know that all teachers don't attend matches because Dumbledore doesn't come to all the matches. So it could actually be an adult in the castle. And this time, it's not just Hermione who is
1: petrified. It's a double attack and a Ravenclaw student is also petrified. And they are found in the library, as Ron predicted, but with a circular mirror. Neither Harry nor Ron are able to explain the mirror because it's not like they see Hermione using a mirror all the time. But I felt bad for Ron. At least Harry is like partly responsible, I guess, for not alerting anybody. But Ron is just... Collateral damage. He is really taken aback by what had happened. And actually, I don't think he was taken aback. But more like he had expected this right from the beginning. Because he's not shocked. He doesn't say Hermione in shock. He groans when he looks at Hermione. Like, oh
0: no. Yeah, because she is a muggle-born. And
1: Mm. muggle-borns are being attacked. Even when Hermione was in the hospital being to be cured of the Polyju's potion disaster, people think that she's actually attacked. Mm. Not that that changed anybody's mind about Harry, but still, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they still think that Harry was behind the attacks. In a way, a Muggleborn being uh, being petrified rather than killed could come as a relief, unless the monster decides to come back and kill off every, every petrified person.
0: That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening. The next episode is called Ron Follows the Spiders. We'll be discussing the rest of Chapter 14, Cornelius Fudge, Chapter 15, Aragog, and a little bit of Chapter 16, The Chamber of Secrets. If you have anything to discuss about the episode you just listened to, please drop by our website, memblememble.in, and you can leave a comment. Or you can follow us on Twitter, I am Vale Undichim, and I am at underscore M-P-R-A-S. I don't want to spell value on the gym. So if you find Prashani, you will be able to find me. <laughs> yeah, and you can follow our
1: podcast on Twitter at WimbleWimblePod. So until next time.
2: Tell us, have you been setting anything mad and hairy loose in the castle lately?